0: everyone to a wonderful new whisper in the wings from stage whisper we've got a fabulous show to be sharing with you today one that we got to take in last week and we are so excited to be sharing it with you and to do so we have a wonderful guest the writer and performer of the piece Florencio lozano her new show, Fun With Panic Attacks, is being presented by Intar Theater, and it's playing now through January 27th at Intar, which is at 500 West 52nd Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting intartheater.org. And this is more than just a show. It really is a full-on experience and such a great experience. So we are so excited to have our guest here to share more with us. And with that, let's welcome on our guest, Florencio. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having me. And I am so pleased to be here. I'm so happy that you are here. First of all, thank you for the incredible experience and show that we enjoyed last Tuesday. It was it was it, one of a kind, truly. I, I never had an experience like that. And that was amazing. And I wasn't sure at first, it's like, I walked in, and I was like, all right, we'll just go with it. This is, this is more my <laughs> kind of thing. But I was like, just go with it. You never know, just jump in both feet. And by the end, I was like, no, this was, this was a great experience. And I thought more people just need to throw caution to the wind and dive in. It, it is not traditional theater in any sense. And man, did I love it. Man, did I oh. love it. So, so glad. could we start by having you tell our listeners a bit about what fun with panic attacks is about on a very, you know,
1: basic level, it is my, the, you know, I was diagnosed with a panic disorder when I was around 15 and before, before then I had, when I was like 12, 13, 14, I had migraine headaches. I had panic attacks and before I knew that I wasn't, you know, to- totally alone in the experience of feeling this incredible anxiety, it was a really, really scary time in my life. And for a long time now, I've been wanting to write about that in order to simply share with other people who might feel similarly isolated, who might feel similarly scared that you know you are not alone you are part of a community of people who feel anxious on many different levels and whether it's anxiety whether it's depression any kind of sort of mental spiritual emotional struggle i wanted to create a space to talk about that and really to to connect to connect us with each other because when we when we realize that we're not alone, the burden becomes so much
0: lighter. I love that. I love that description of the show, that spot on. I love that. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to to, to, to tell the story, to create the show?
1: You know, I, at, at this point in my life, I, I kind of, I feel like, oh, so maybe I have something that I could I could share that might be helpful, you know, especially, I feel like, especially for young people, but, but people of any age to know that life is, 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 is a journey and we, we all have these obstacles and how can we embrace what we, at times or at first when we're younger, push away thinking that you know life shouldn't be difficult if if something is hard and i'm struggling then i'm doing something wrong or my life isn't the way i thought it should be and therefore i have to do something completely radically to to change myself this lesson of of accepting and embracing what the universe puts in your way and treating those obstacles as opportunities to to learn and as gifts from the cosmos, however, however strange they may appear to be, the things that are put in our path that oftentimes are really challenging can be such opportunities for learning and can really teach us how to surrender to the mystery of existence, which you know ultimately ends in our, our death right i mean i think so so much of our struggles really have to do with this very strange human condition which is our life is finite and how how do we enjoy it while we're here how do we relax into the discomfort of all that we don't understand that we don't know that makes us sad all of the the emotions we deem troublesome, our anger, our anxiety, our grief, how do we incorporate those struggles into a kind of learning that helps us to, to be where we are with all of it in every moment? That that was some something of what I wanted to communicate. I've also, you know, as so I've been in theater for a long time. I, I always knew I was a performer from a very young age. I'm the youngest of three and Three sisters and I always felt like, in order to be heard, you know, the stage was the one place where I could express myself. And I was a dancer that morphed into acting. I I, I started writing, so I've been I've been on stage for a long time, and I've always been really interested in performance art. You know the more sort of radical experimental strange weird out of the box like you know a lot of people know marina ambromovic but you know everyone from linda montano to annie sprinkle to valerie export even even like magicians like david blaine like the kind of theatrical event you know, performance as a sort of happening. I've always been fascinated by what happened, what was happening in New York in the sixties and seventies with the living group theater where, you know, people would get naked and roll around with like meat and chicken, you know, and why? Because I'm fascinated by the sort of human experiment of what is possible when you get a group of people strangers, for the most part, together in a room, what can you, through performance, how can you connect with other people? How can you articulate what it means to be human? I don't know if anyone saw The the Artist is Present. Marina Abramovic has a documentary about her work. And one of the things she did, I think it was in the 60s, 70s maybe, she laid on a table, and next to her, there were like feathers, there were knives, there were scissors, right? I forget what that piece was called, but basically, she invited people to come in and do whatever they wanted with her. And from I, I've heard a story where one guy started to hurt her, and people got really upset, and there was a big fight that broke out. And people were crying and and, and it was was this very (laughs) dangerous theatrical opportunity to really get an insight into where are we now as a human race? What happens when we come together and we are permitted to behave however we want to? I feel like I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested in theater that is is a little less conventional in terms of like, the rules are not, you come into a theater, you sit in a seat, the lights go down, you're in the dark as an audience member and you watch something go on on stage and then you go home. But the, uh, the, the, the light is also shown on the audience. And it's really about, you know because theater really is a conversation it 's a live event that occurs between the performer and the audience. It has to be a conversation between between those two those two beings, the performers and the audience and it 's as much about the audience as it is about the performer and i 'm really interested in where people are at, which is why I wanted to invite people on a journey of like, how does it feel when things are taken away from you? Like your phone in this adventure, in this theatrical happening, immersive experience. What we do is we, and we tell people beforehand, you know, you're gonna have to check your phone. And just even that simple instruction brings up a lot for people. And I feel like that's a really, that's important information you know, for each person to realize, wow, what is my relationship to having to let go of this device? Which to my mind, you know, it just, it doesn't belong in the theater. Theater is about a live experience. It is about people being in a room together. And, you know, during the pandemic, us theater people, we realized we can't take this for granted because it was taken away from us we couldn't come together and after the pandemic i feel like you know there was a real opportunity as theater artists to be like what we do is for lack of a better word is 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 sacred you know and it is outside of time in that getting together around you know the fire and someone telling a story is is a very ancient in my mind There's something eternal about it. And to mitigate that relationship, to interfere with that relationship by having a device that is about broadcasting something to other people who aren't there or somehow taking you away from that present experience, it it dilutes the power of what can happen when you're just in a room with other people and you don't know
0: what might happen next. Yes to all of that. But getting back to your show, it is a very intimate show. It is a very powerful show. And as you mentioned, you being a dancer, there is a lot of dance and movement in it, which was great. Wonderful spatial awareness. I was immediately kind of reminded of Anne Bogart's viewpoint several times throughout the show. And I'm curious to know, what was it like developing this piece?
1: Well, Intar. I could not have asked for a more supportive, generous group of people. Felt like a very open space to explore what this piece was, which honestly, I I didn't know at first. A lot of the dance came into it because I begin began to realize that as I wrote it, I was like, "Okay, so this is really about the, the my journey with anxiety, which continues still." I mean, that's why circles are, are a foundational shape in the design of it. You know, this idea that that life, it it does not go in a straight line, but we keep coming back to some of the same things we've always struggled with since childhood, hopefully with greater awareness, hopefully with greater tools, and also with greater challenges as well. You know, just when you think you have something sort of figured out, life changes the game and presents you with with new challenges. But when I was younger, when I was like a preteen, dance was really the way I expressed myself. I was not, I hadn't found my voice yet. That really happened later in life. I, I didn't feel that confident speaking. So, The language of expression was really in, I I studied dance as a kid. So I thought, you know what, why don't I go back to that? Why don't I go back to really living, expressing myself through my body? And the thoughts in my head, the language is inside my own cranium. You know, it's nothing that anyone else hears but me. And in the piece, of course, uh, the audience, too. And, you know, the battleground of anxiety is, all, is obviously our thoughts, but it, it, it manifests so profoundly in our body. So I thought that the, the intersection of dance and the, the joy of movement, freedom I felt when I moved, and paralysis and the terror I felt in my body could be a really useful place to set the drama of the piece
0: itself that is amazing i love learning the backstory of all that that's incredible curious to know with all of that now you know out there and put together is there a message or a thought that you're hoping your audiences take away from fun with panic attacks
1: i mean i obviously i think
0: about theater
1: all the time because it is my for lack of a better word, it is my religion. You know, I feel like that's the place where I go, where I feel connected. I feel like I understand why we're here in a sort of, in a, in a spiritual sense. I'm like, oh, we are, you know, and I say that in the play, stories connect us. Theater is communion, because it affords us with complete strangers, like the magic of that. I, I, just sidebar for a second. I went to see Janet McTeer in A Doll's House years ago. I went alone, and there was a moment. You know, this is one of my favorite moments in the theater in my whole life, and I've been to so many plays. But there was a moment near the end of A Doll's House where she's telling her husband that she has to leave because she needs to find out who she is. It's this incredible writing, of course, and in in one of the sort of formative plays in our culture, and you know, right before the the door slam that you know was heard around the world and there was this moment i felt like all of us in the audience were breathing together we were one being like i felt this connection with these strangers sitting in the dark i felt like we were one organism and we all like were here for this moment and it was It was ecstatic in the sense of connection and so that that is why theater means so much to me the potential for that and i never want to preach you know i never want to say as a as a playwright or or as a performer but you know it's really the writer i guess who 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 gets to to put their story forward. But to me, theater is, is really about asking questions rather than saying, look, you know, I have the answer. I mean, if you if you have the answer, you should probably run for political office or be, you know, some sort of a legislator or, you know, which all respect to those people because we, we do need answers. But I don't feel like I have answers so much as I have questions, useful questions questions because questions are really important. What, what are the questions you're asking in your life? And, and the questions I'm asking in the piece is, you know, what if, as opposed to being a slave to our thoughts, we can get enough distance to understand that we're not our thoughts, that our thoughts come and go. And can we watch them with curiosity? Can we have enough distance from them to find them amusing to to find a sense of play in the hell that sometimes being a human being can be you know it's it's hard to 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 exist with thoughts that plague us with emotions that are painful with reality that can sometimes really deal us hard blows can we sit with all of that not knowing what to do, not knowing what comes next, not knowing how exactly to proceed and allow ourselves to, to breathe and trust that,
0: that that's enough. That is wonderfully said. I love that answer. Love that answer. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to your show? I mean, I, of course
1: I would like everyone to you know intar was actually the home of the labyrinth theater company we started at intar and we're very interested in labyrinth at and intar is too getting audiences in that don't usually go to see plays people who you know theater is so expensive sadly and i wish it weren't I, i really wish theater could be not like something that you do because you're, you know, fancy or you, you know, you dress up and you know, but that it was a place that you could go to like like an AA meeting or like a, a Quaker, you know, service, or like, you know, a place you could go to find solace and a place that, you know, you could afford to go. So people who think theater isn't for them, people who who usually don't go, people who are are struggling financially, economically, spiritually. Mostly, I hope that this reaches people who feel isolated and disconnected. And I hope that for a brief moment, perhaps they feel like, oh, I'm not alone. Everybody feels lost at times. Nobody knows exactly what to do. This is awkward and maybe kind of funny. You know, And has a moment of like relaxation within the chaos that life is.
0: On the second part of our interviews, we'd love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more, pull the curtain back, if you will. And I'd like to start off by asking you, what or who inspires you? What playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites? Mm, God, there's so many. Well, I want to say that
1: you, you had mentioned the sound earlier in Fun With Panic Attacks. So Andre Frado, who's an incredible composer, he, he did the music for Fun With Panic Attacks and he's now writing an an opera in old english he's he's truly brilliant man and very inspired by collaborating with him and seeing how he sort of used what i wrote as a jumping off point to create a whole soundscape that that's really evocative you know i am i am inspired by people who create community there's so many people in labyrinth theater company You know, John Ortiz, who's an actor, he's now in American fiction. He and Gary Perez and Paul Calderon started The Labyrinth. And I think about them a lot because they really changed my trajectory as an artist, because what they instilled in me is this very empowering idea that as artists, as actors, you know, it can feel so, isolating. It can feel so disempowering to think, all right, I'm just going to wait for the script to fall into my lap and to be asked to do something. What they created was a sense of let's join forces with other artists, create uh, designers, writers, actors, stage, everybody who creates theater. And theater is such a collaborative form. I mean, that's part of the reason i really am drawn to it because it is it is family you know you 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 make something with other people and you make it every night and if someone's sick you know you 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 huddle around and you and you cheer that person on or someone else comes in and you're like okay we can do this with this new person it's a real living organism theater and At Labyrinth, we understood theater as a a holistic, in a holistic way where we would try other hats on. So that's when I first started writing plays. I learned about producing, you know, we, we learned about sort of the whole responsibility of what it is to be a theater artist. And to think about like, who's coming to see our plays? How much are ticket prices? Where is our theater? What is accessibility like? To think about the whole venture, of, of being a theater artist and that I'm really grateful for, for that. You know, it also had me think about like, okay, so as an actor in New York, when someone asked me to do a reading and I can't do it, I have a list of five actors that I say, well, you should go to these people because that's, I, my strength comes from the people around me and from promoting them and from being promoted by them. We have strength when we come together and we take care of each other and we talk about each other's work and we uplift each other. So I'm, I'm very inspired by that ethos of community. I am inspired by, like I was saying, performance art, performance artists, um, you mentioned Anne Bogart, absolutely, Tina Landau, well, Richard Foreman, but also Robert Woodruff. Robert Woodruff, great director. Again, all, uh, people, you know, Arto Brecht, people who, you know, the a theater as a form, as I think it's Trefimov or Treplev, one of those guys in in The Seagull, it talks about, it's always changing. The form of theater is constantly changing. I mean, like any art, art is always morphing. With every new generation of, of theater artists that comes along, with with every you know revolution of the of the planet, with every new political reality, the form changes and it, it needs to change and it wants to change. So those people who push the form, those people who say, you know, let's, you know, like the civilians, Stephen Cosson, I'm, I'm, and it's not even like the theater that I like all the times, but he's always investigating things that show me something new. And I mean, his, his, his actors are, they can do anything. They're, they're always amazing to watch. Actors like, you know, Elizabeth Marvel, of course, Colleen Worthman, but I was starting to talk about this photographer Monique Carboni. She and I have collaborated on a bunch of site-specific theater performance art-like pieces and Fun with Panic Attacks actually incorporates her photography as part of the art installation that Fun with Panic Attacks is so her sense of visual composition i'm so blown away by what she creates but like i just saw buena vista social club at the atlantic theater company i don't know if you saw that it was incredible the music the the collaboration the theatrical fantasia of that production sahima lee who's the director is just incredible page 73 is a theater company that i think is really has its finger on the pulse of new writers who are really again pushing the form so does club thumb theater company i'm really interested in the bechdel project speaking of fun home is a new project i think out in greenpoint brooklyn And they have a residency for artists and they support women writers in particular. I love the WP. Uh, Rebecca Martinez over there, I think, is tremendous. I mean, I love New Dramatists. You know, New Dramatists and The Lark are two play development organizations. So they don't produce plays, but what they really do is support writers. And that cannot be overstated how important it is to give young writers a platform to be heard, to be nurtured, to have dramaturgical support, to just have love and community and, yeah, company, you know, to not feel alone. The writing process can feel so lonely. And what the what New Dramatists does, the people there, the building itself is, is so cozy. It's so it's this very nurturing space for people to really take risks. So I love that. I love new dramatists. I love the Lark Labyrinth. Of course, there's so many, you know, great, great playwrights who I, who I adore and, and, and new playwrights who are up up and coming. Claire Barron is amazing. I feel like she's doing stuff I, I haven't ever seen done before. E.S.T. is this wonderful theater company. Talk about community. Estefan Estefania Fadul is now the co-artistic director with Graham Gillis, who's such a great human being. R.J. Tolan runs the Young Bloods. I think Graham might be running the Young Bloods too, but they run a you know young playwrights and developing them. Those things are. Really important for the future of, of theater to get to get you know first productions for for young playwrights. That's important. Playwrights Horizons, I mean, they're more established, but I love the work that Playwrights Horizons has been doing.
0: Yes, a wonderful list. There's some amazing companies that we love to support. That me personally, I love discovering. I love just going down the rabbit hole, and one thing's led to another. We've arrived now at my favorite question to ask guests, and that is of course, what is your favorite theater memory? Okay, this, it's, it's an intense theater memory,
1: but it, it's the first one that leaps to mind. It's, it's, it, it might not be my favorite, but it is a very, it's a very tender, a very tender one that speaks to the vulnerability of the whole project of what it means to perform and what it means to attend a performance because it's again it's live it's really happening between live human beings and we were doing a reading of faust in at this at csc years ago and f murray abraham was playing faust and an audience member took off all his clothes, except for his boots and he came on stage and he was obviously, he he wasn't threatening. He was this like beautiful, like obviously like he, there was something going on with him. He wanted to play with us. He felt invited to join us. And it was very alarming as, as, as actors. I mean, we were doing this really dark play about the devil, right? And, and, and deals with the devil, this ancient play. And suddenly there is a naked man on stage. He came from the audience. And we all, as actors, you know, we all sort of, i really felt like oh my god we are so vulnerable up here like any anything could happen right which is what makes it beautiful and dangerous and valuable and f murray abraham was so kind he he had the presence of mind to sort of help him help this guy and he 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 approached him and he took him by the hand and he took him you know to to the stage to the to the door to the theater and they and you know the whole audience was sort of frozen in place and to me it spoke to like I know I'm biased but I do think theater people I'm I'm just very proud and I feel very fortunate to have found my tribe of people because I have found that actors, people who make theater, people who come to the theater, there is a certain deep sense of compassion, not in all cases, all right? Not, yeah, there, are, there, are, there are exceptions to that rule, but the kind of people who show up to hear a story and to tell a story, I guess there's a certain values that we hold in common. And for the most part, those values are, we are vulnerable humans and we come together to find strength and wisdom and joy through being together. And so the acceptance and the awareness of just how fragile our lives are, our bodies are, our minds are, there's there's a real honoring of that vulnerability there's like that's what the whole thing is about the project is to is to look at that vulnerability to wonder at that vulnerability to ask questions about that vulnerability and to treasure it as like the most special thing about us is that we are we're vulnerable (sighs) and that's something to be celebrated it's not something to be
0: hidden Oh so beautifully put what an incredible memory wow that uh, it's very unique but it's it really it it goes to your point it's a testament to just how empathetic and compassionate theater artists are you're absolutely right so i love that memory thank you so much for sharing that do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? I'm actually, we just finished our second week of rehearsal
1: for John Patrick Shanley's new play, Brooklyn Laundry. It's at the Manhattan theater club, Cecily Strong from Saturday night live, David Zayas and Andrea legowski We're all in it. Shanley is writing and directing it great stage management team as well. Uh, led by kevin bertolacci oh man it is such a beautiful play Woo. people are gonna i think people are really you know it's a it's not that long it's like an hour and 15 minutes but it packs a punch it is a real delight to get to work in shamley's theatrical cosmos which yes it's Realism on some level, but there's always this very strong sense of cosmic power, of this realm that we can't see, that is very present in his work. And especially in this work, which is heavily about all of the curveballs life throws us in the form of loss and tragedy and also
0: connection. Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see that. We have it on our calendars, So I look forward to seeing the show. More importantly, I look forward to seeing you in the show. So we'll be in the audience, little flags in the back waving. <laughs> that is a great lead into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Fun With Panic Attacks or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? I
1: have an Instagram and they can direct message me on that. My Instagram handle is at Florencia lowercase and then underscore Lozano lowercase.
0: Yeah, so
1: they can message me there.
0: Wonderful. Well, Florencia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for sharing the show both last week and again today with us. This has been just wonderful. I'm so excited to get to share the show with our listeners and to get to see you soon in the upcoming production of Brooklyn Laundry. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I had a great time and I'm really glad you're making
1: this podcast so that people can know All of the incredible off-Broadway and off, off, and off, off, off off-Broadway stuff.
0: Yes. Thank you for that. Sure. My guest today has been the amazing writer and performer Florencia Lozano, whose incredible show, Fun with Panic Attacks, is being presented by Intar Theatre, and it's playing now through January 27th at Intar, which is at 500 West, 52nd Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting intartheater.org and make sure you follow our guest, Florencia, on Instagram at Florencia underscore Lozano. We'll have all of this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you catch the last few performances of this great show, Fun With Panic Attacks. It's an incredible experience. The show, again, is Fun With Panic Attacks, playing now through January 27th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a Stage Whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.